Hello, my Believer Creators. Welcome to Believer Creator Radio. This is Rob Malone, and it is my goal, my ambition, my mission to have the most unprofessional podcast on the internet. I thank you so much for taking the time to tuning in. I know there's a lot of things you could do, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my uh, ramblings, rants, and otherwise delusional, I don't know, delusional findings in life. So the last episode, I set my mark, I pointed to left field, and the goal here, the idea is that I'm going to help trial attorneys create create the system of believer creation because when you <clears throat> when you create believers you are the only option and it's it's really pretty much that simple and i want to take back to a uh, beer hall in uh south st louis south city area of st louis uh this is going back uh, about three years and a friend of mine was coming through town he was an old high school friend actually went to college together for a while he uh unlike me he actually graduated and uh and uh he uh anyway he was in town with his family and he had uh invited a few friends to meet him over at this uh micro beer microbrewery in South City so um i was kind of mixed on it there's like a part of me that really wanted to see my friend but at the time i was going through the uh great debacle my business great debacle and uh, my uh, my company, my business, the Metro Hypnosis Center was was wildly failing, just wildly failing. And I had tried so many things to get clients. I had tried direct mail. I had tried giving away free sessions. I had tried packages, tried radio advertising. I tried print advertising. I even had a public relations company, um, and they got me a front page story or it wasn't front it was front page in the feature section on my hypnosis and i mean it did a great job i had a marketing agency which didn't do a great job and uh i would it ranked my website and so i was it seemed like i was doing everything right it seemed like i was doing everything right uh but i couldn't get i couldn't get clients right uh so i'm i'm looking at this and i was doing speaking engagements and i'd go in and i would talk about Hey, uh, my focus really was in the speaking years was on pain relief. It's like uh, I would talk about pain relief. I would talk about you know some case studies. I talk, I would explain why it worked. I explained the physiology behind it, uh, the whole thing. And um and 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 the reality was is I did have a lot of success with people in pain management using hypnosis. But no matter how hard I explained it, I couldn't I couldn't make it happen. And um, it was really, it was really frustrating, as, as I'm sure you can imagine, right? And you think you're doing it right, and you're trying everything everyone's telling you, and it's always the same results. No clients. I mean, very few, very few. Not enough to cover my overhead. And I have a, uh, my oldest daughter is starting her junior in college, and my youngest daughter is starting her freshman year. And we didn't have an extravagant lifestyle, but we were quickly burning through money that we had accumulated. Um, and a big chunk of it was from a sale of our uh, commercial construction company. But anyway, <clears throat> so I'm on my way over to this pool hall, and or uh, not pool hall, but beer hall. And I think I know where it is. I, I had I knew the, it was familiar with the area, 
Um, and I'm driving through there and I'm taking a shortcut. I'm going down Highway 55 South, heading to downtown St. Louis. And I cut across Bates Road to Virginia and I'm taking Virginia across. And I thought I could take um, Gravois, get down to Gravois and take it in. And the most of the world is pronounced Gravois, but in St. Louis, we pronounce it Gravois. And uh, so I went up and uh, to Merrimack. Anyway, long story short, I got lost. I got lost in an area of, of St. Louis that I was not super familiar with um in different areas i'd never been in before and it was it was a little little dis disturbing I mean, I mean usually i don't get freaked out about being lost but i think it's because my life was out of control right it's just like nothing was working for me and, and like i said i had mixed the feelings about seeing my friend because i knew the question was going to come up you know well how's business and and I didn't want to sit there and say it sucks i'm failing this was this was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life you know might you know who knows? I mean, things if I don't find some way to turn around or make more money, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay for my girl's college education. Don't know, you know, uh, we didn't we didn't have any debt, but still, it's like where we're gonna have to mortgage the house just to you know make different payments, and um, and so this is like churning my mind, and and I I was very subdued, and I get there, I finally find the place, and it's it's an old it's it's kind of like um. I, it reminded me of a German beer hall, right? You walk in there and there's just these, these huge, long wooden tables and benches and people are sitting on, on either side and, and you go up to the bar and, and you order your beer and you bring it back. It was a microbrewery and, and everyone's having, uh, you know, there's, uh, there was my friend and, and there was a couple other people I knew. We had mutual friends, and then there was a lot of people that I didn't know and that makes me uncomfortable. I'm kind of a shy person and, and that makes me uncomfortable in those situations. And so... I'm I'm sitting there and um and I'm I'm somewhat conversing um kind of withdrawn and then um this woman sits down next to me and and my friend introduced me and he said this is my friend Rob we you know, went to high school together and he's a hypnotist right and and I got to tell you I really did not like being introduced as a hypnotist I felt like it was um like people would kind of. You know, one of the most common <laughs> reactions I got was, no, really, what do you do? <laughs> and it's like, no, seriously, I'm a hypnotist. And it just it just was kind of a demeaning thing. And it made me feel bad. And 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 I guess maybe that was part of the reason why um I wasn't successful because I, I hated going out and telling people what I did. And I couldn't come up with an, another I tried all kinds of things. It was like, oh, you know how people suffer from pain and and they don't want to take um prescription drugs. And uh, just to get rid of the pain, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I, I have a, a non-drug alternative to pain relief. Or I might say, you know how there's a lot of people who are struggling to quit smoking and, um, and they've tried a lot of different things like Chantex or uh, the patch or Nicorette gum or, or uh, you know, I don't know, all the different things that are out there. I say I offer an, alter, an alternate method for stop smoking. You know, that that was kind of my, my spiel. And, and you're really making a difference because eventually it always came out. Well, how do you do that, right? Well, hypnosis, and then it's like, no, really, and <laughs> it just was really, really demeaning. I just made me feel like I'm a joke. So anyway, so Dave, Dave introduced me. Hey, you know, there's Robbie. He's, he's a hypnotist, and so and so the woman's like, oh, really? Well, that sounds kind of unusual. She's like, well, how'd you get an internet? And I said, well, you know, I said it, it, it started back. Uh, 
in 93, I got married and my wife uh, had a, a son and he was 12 at the time. And both my wife and I smoked. And I knew one of the reasons I smoked was because my dad smoked. My dad was a big smoker. He he would buy you know cartons of cigarettes every week. Uh, actually, my mom would buy them at the store, grocery store. And she'd come home with groceries and she would have three cartons of cigarettes because my dad would smoke about 30 or more packs of cigarettes a week. And, um, and it, he smoked, uh, I remember he smoked Salem lights if they even make those anymore. But anyway, so, so I knew one of the reasons I smoked was because my dad smoked and it was really taking a toll on his health. You could see that, uh, this, you know, 30 years, 30 plus years of smoking was starting to get to him. His father had just died of emphysema. I say just about 15 years prior. Was that right? In 79. So yeah. So so his father died about, you know, 10 to 15 years prior of emphysema. He was a smoker. He smoked camel, no filters. And he eventually switched to Salem's, I guess, when he got diagnosed with emphysema. And I'm not sure if that's when my dad went to Salem's. But he was starting to wheeze. He was coughing. Um, uh, he, he did actually eventually die in 99 of lung cancer. So so anyway, uh, I said, you know, I said, so my wife smoked, I smoked. Uh, and, and I knew I smoked because I knew one of the reasons why I smoked was because my dad was a smoker. And I could start to see what was happening to him. And I didn't want to do that to my new son, Nick. I did not want him to be a smoker. I did not want to pass this legacy on, you know, to the next generation. <clears throat> and I didn't think I could quit smoking. And my wife and I both felt this way. So um, it just so happened that there was a... Um, and this is back in the day of daily newspapers, but it just so happened, you know, we got the daily newspaper and there's a big ad for hepatitis. It was coming through the area uh, for quit smoking. And it was a, a one night deal. I think it was like 30 bucks a person or something. And, and so we, uh, we signed up for it and we went and we were in with a group of 50 people. And so it was like in this really, um, uh, we, we were over on the Illinois side of Missouri, uh, on the Illinois side of the Mississippi, I should say. And, and so there was this, you know, old hotel, which, you know, at one time was probably a nice hotel, but it was pretty run down. And it was, it was a quasi hotel conference center in Belleville, Illinois. And it had certainly seen its better days. And so since you kind of get there, it's got that musty smell, you know, cause like it had been raining and there was leaks and the carpet would get wet and they didn't have the money to replace the carpeting. You could see, you know, water stains up in the ceiling and, and, and places of the wall. And there was places where like the wall covering was peeling and, and the carpet was like this real, you know, dark color with like this random pattern. And you, so you couldn't see the stains, but there was so many stains that they, they didn't even start appealing. And, and there's like these handwritten signs that are taped to the wall, you know, uh, quit smoking sessions and, you know, the, the Lewis and Clark room. And so, yeah, you, you walk down the, this dank hallway and, and, you know, like, uh, like every third lights burnt out and, and we go in there and there's all these, uh, chairs, uh, lined up, uh, folding chairs. And, and so you, you fill out some paperwork and you give them the 30 bucks and, and there, in our case, it was 60 or two of us. And you sit down and so the guy gets up and, and, and he starts explaining uh, about hypnosis. And now, and why it works, so quit smoking, yada, yada, yada. And so the next thing you know, he's telling us, okay, everyone relax. And he's, he's, he's just, he's got a very soft, uh, slow paced voice. And he's like, yo, just close your eyes and, you know, and, and your feet will relax and your legs. And he's walking through, uh, what we call progressive relaxation, going from, from your toes up to your head. 
And and he's doing this, and, and he gets up to your face, and it's relaxing. And then he says, you know, your 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 jaw relax, and your mouth may drop open. And it was so bizarre because all of a sudden my mouth drops open, and I it was like I had no control over it. I was like freaked. I'm like, what the hell? What the hell? How did he do that? And so so I'm getting a little excited. So I'm like, well, maybe this will work. And so then he. He does the thing and we leave. And so my wife and I both quit smoking. Now, for my wife, it was like boom. It's like she never had sugar in her life. She had another craving, whatever. For me, it was it was a little bit more of a journey. Um, a little more challenging of a journey, I should say. And and I think I literally could have smoked a, a cigarette right when I walked out of there. But you know, but it's like it's like it gave me like this this determination. No, I'm I'm gonna overcome it. And, and I had cravings and all that, but for whatever, for whatever reason. This hypnotist allowed me to be able to deal with those cravings. And I, I was always fascinated with that. How did, how did, how would the hypnosis was able to control me? And it really, and the more I learned about it, it wasn't I was being controlled. There was perception I was being controlled. But it's actually all of your own free will. So without getting into a lot of stuff, it was just remarkable. And so, so I told her, I said, so I was just, so my wife and I quit smoking and, and I didn't think it was possible. And so I just you know, learned a lot about hypnosis. I studied it. Uh, I kind of had this fantasy about being a hypnotist. And so we, um, I went and got certified and, and I said, you know what, if I'm ever going to do it, now's the time. And I had a, an existing company and we sold it off and I opened up a hypnosis center. And she said, can I uh, schedule an appointment? I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, I really need to quit smoking. She goes, can I schedule an appointment? So I thought, well, this is kind of bizarre. You know, I didn't notice she was a smoker. I don't think she asked me about hypnosis. because I mean, she didn't know that that was one of the things I did. But I think, you know, maybe she knew that that's one of the things hypnosis could be used while I was smoking. But I thought, all this effort, all this effort. I put in in doing these speaking engagements or direct mails, and I couldn't get any clients. And here I'm just sharing with her why I, you know, I understood in hypnosis. And when I picked up a client, and it really made me think. And I'm thinking, well, am I trying too hard? Am I doing the wrong things? You know, obviously I was doing the wrong things. But why? Why could I just explain it to the, to her? And and then I I get a client, and so. So that kind of got me thinking and studying and learning more about uh, persuasion. <laughs> yeah, how do you persuade people? Yeah, <laughs> you're under my control. Uh, and how you could utilize that in marketing. And 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 I realized is the more I started getting into, where I realized in analyzing it and trying different things, I was it wasn't it wasn't that I was persuasive, right? Because I would, I would, I would go out and I'd tell my story and things and, and I didn't always get great results. But when I, st when I started doing more storytelling and talking to people and talking about my journey, I did start seeing an uptick in results. And I started realizing that, well, I think what it is, is like, some people can relate to me, right? They could relate to their parents had smoked and that was why they smoked or one of the reasons why they smoked and that they didn't want their, their next generation to smoke and that they didn't think they could overcome it. They kind of thought they were going to be doomed to it. They didn't think they had a willpower. And, and I think because my journey, when, when there was people that it was similar to, 
uh, some aspects of it that it, when it resonated with them, you know, then they, they wanted an appointment and I didn't even have to ask, right. I didn't have to ask, Oh, do you like have an appointment? It's like when I was, if I got that story, right. If I got the story good enough, I never even had to ask for, for an appointment or ask for a sale. Um, you know, that by and large, they would just say, can I schedule an appointment? Didn't even ask how much, how much does it cost? Just can I schedule an appointment? So that was kind of a, a turning point in my marketing career. And then I thought, you know what, that I, how do I, how do I get people to where they just ask for an appointment? And I thought, you know, I, and that's where I kind of came to the idea. She was a believer, right? She was a believer. I, in a matter of five minutes or so, had created a believer, and she believed so strong that she just wanted an appointment. So <clears throat> I had some great beer, <laughs> met a good friend, um, and um, picked up a client, you know, in the most unlikely way. So I think, you know, the, the kind of couple morals of the story is, is don't be afraid to share your journey. Don't be afraid to share the the setbacks, the the fears, the failures, right? Be very transparent and open. And and you're going to find, the more you do this, that there's going to be a group that's going to resonate with you. Oh, my gosh, it's 17 minutes. I really, my goal is to keep these under 10. I have to quit being so verbose in my message. So let us wrap it up here. Thank you for, for signing in. Thank you for listening. And uh, it was great to spend this time with you. Uh, Go out there, create some believers. I'm marking my shot, my shot, left field, marketing for trial lawyers, taking over the world. Join me in this journey. Join me in your marketing. Create believers, and there are no other options. So with that, I want to say, Carpe Diem. This is Rob signing off, and thanks again for listening.